and news. This is the Bloomberg Market Minute on 700 WLW. All right there, Mr. Bellinger. What do we have? A lot of young adults can't afford housing costs, but that's probably not new. What's new? Well, it, they've risen a lot this year, and a yeah. survey done for the website propertymanagement.com found that millions of young Americans moved back in with their parents this year. About a quarter of the nation's millennials now live with their folks, and more than half of those who do live with their parents made the move in the past year. Hmm. We have about five more women now suing Bill Cosby over sexual assaults from some years back, and NBC Universal finds themselves caught up in that. Yeah, New York State uh, lifted the statute of limitations on claims of sexual misconduct, and five women immediately sued Cosby. This uh, suit also names NBC Universal because it aired the Cosby Show. The plaintiffs accused the network of ignoring Cosby's conduct. Mm-hmm. And Apple reportedly scaled back at plans for the uh, self-driving electric vehicle. Good thinking. Yes, yeah, sources. Uh, yes, yeah, sources told Bloomberg the targeted launch date was pushed back to 2026, and the vehicle will have a steering wheel and accelerator and brake pedals. It will only be fully autonomous when it's traveling on highways, and that's the current plan. I'm just reading a book called Look Both Ways, and it's fictional about how one autonomous car company goes after the other and plays with their software so that the cars start attacking people. It's pretty interesting. Okay. It'd make a good movie. I'm reading, it would. I'm reading the book. It'd be a pretty done. good movie. <laughs> all right. So futures, please. All right. All pointing uh, lower this morning. S&P futures are down 22 points. NASDAQ futures are down 109 now. That's uh, 1%. Dow futures are down 98 points. From Bloomberg, I'm Jeff Bellinger on News Radio 700 WLW. All right, just about 811 almost. That's 700 WLW. Mike McConnell here got a guest standing by. Uh, from the Buckeye Institute, they're based out of Columbus. The Buckeye Institute used to have their guests on from time to time, but they filed a lawsuit. There's a law on the books that requires that uh, they turn over to the IRS uh, a list of their top donors in any given year. And... Several different problems from that. They were impacted by an issue back in uh, 2013. Um, the suit was filed more recently. I want to get to the, the specifics as to why uh, why on the timeliness of this. But to that end, I bring in Mr. Robert Alt. Mr. Alt is uh, president and chief executive officer of the Buckeye Institute. He's also on the board of trustees. And uh, good to have you on the program there, Mr. Alt. How you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks so much for having me on. You bet. All right, as to the timing of this, I guess back in... Uh, 2013, the Buckeye Institute was opposed to the Medicaid expansion, took a stance on that, found themselves shortly thereafter the target of an audit by the IRS, uh, believing those two could be related, and they could well be. But it also kind of uh, sent a chill through some of your donors. Is that safe to say? Oh, absolutely. Particularly at that time, I had a number of donors reach out to me. And think about when this this was happening. This was when the Cincinnati office of the IRS became quite notorious because they had been singling out organizations based upon uh, their political or more accurately their philosophical orientation yeah. uh, for special treatment, uh, as it were, with regard to um, the nonprofit, their nonprofit status and filings. And so... So because of that, donors rightly were concerned about whether or not uh, information might uh, come up in the in this in 
in an audit, which could lead to them being audited, the, the donors being audited, or, or to them being singled out for special treatment by the IRS. Um, and there's, there's evidence of other problems across the country. So a number of years ago, there was an initiative in California that was run by uh, an organization that ha- had had uh, tax-free status, and so they had to file a statement of their major donors with the IRS. Uh, and it came out later that the IRS leaked that information to an opposing organization, which uh, or to a journalist who then gave it to an opposing organization, which ended up outing their donors on their website. Hmm. <clears throat> which all goes to you know a basic a, a basic fact in this case, which I think would be startling to most Americans. The idea that the IRS keeps lists of people who support and oppose major issues, which is basically what's going on in this yeah. case. If you if you are for abortion rights or if you're for your pro-life, if you are for gun rights or for gun control, uh, and, and you are a major donor to one of the, the organizations in this country that support those causes, the IRS keeps and warehouses that information. Uh, and they have conceded that they don't actually have any need for that information. Why on earth would we, uh, would we support the idea that the government should be keeping lists of issues that people support and oppose? Is there a dollar amount that makes you a major donor, or is it just relative? If it's a smaller organization, maybe for them, one or $5,000 is their biggest donor. I mean... It, is there a dollar amount where you have to give somebody ten, twenty-five thousand dollars to be considered a major donor, or how is that established? It 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 ends up because this is a rule by the IRS. It, you know, nothing is perfectly clear. It's a sliding scale, but uh, it it would be a minimum of five thousand dollars or two percent of the receipts for the organization in a given year. What would have been the impetus for this law way back when? It's decades old. The IRS says they don't even they, they don't even care to collect this information, but federal law says they have to continue to do it. So, what was the impetus way back when for this? Uh, so, yeah, uh, that that actually is an excellent question because you take a look. I mean, I think you know, oftentimes people would hypothesize that the IRS might need this information uh, to make sure that people who claim that they are in fact, making contributions to nonprofits, in fact, are doing so. But, you know, the interesting thing on this particular form is you don't actually put the taxpayer's identification number. So so the IRS has conceded they don't use this in enforcement actions. If, for instance, you claim that you have given money to the Red Cross, for instance, on your your tax return, the IRS wouldn't go to the wouldn't go to the American Red Cross's 990 Schedule B, which is what this is, to verify whether or not you did, because in fact, you know, they there's no tax ID number. They wouldn't be able to tell whether or not you are the John Smith who's listed there. Mm-hmm. They would, in fact, reach out to the American Red Cross and get verification of it directly. Uh, and so it's it's actually somewhat unclear why it is that they have this requirement in place. It's not necessary for the IRS to do its job. Uh, they concede that there's a risk of inadvertent disclosure by virtue of them warehousing this data. And, uh, and this comes on the heels of a case out of California, which went up to the Supreme Court. California required that this information be turned over to the state uh, in order for uh, uh, nonprofits to do business in that state. 
and it led to thousands of these forms being inadvertently uh, mishandled uh, and disclosed, you know, uh, in some cases, you know, wholesale on on California's website. Well, you filed the lawsuit along with the Institute for Free Speech, the attorneys working together. What was the what was the reason for doing this now? What prompted it now? Uh, well, it, you know, in part, it was it, it arose because the U.S. Supreme Court recently looked at a very similar issue um, in California, and it found that California uh, California lacked uh, a sufficient interest in in keeping this sort of information, and that it had a chilling effect on the free speech and association rights of donors who would seek to actually support these causes. So, because of that, we believed that this case was ripe uh, to be brought. This is a rule that uh, should not have been instituted to begin with, and it's, it's time to take it off the books um, at, and this, at this point through the courts. So you had the issue when uh, the IRS first audited you. Uh, you lost a lot of donor income at that time. Has that rebounded over time, or is it still in part an issue? Well, you know, these are, you know, this is one of those things is it's difficult to, to uh, be able to tell what dog doesn't bark. I have had donors even in the past year, uh, you know, reach out to me and tell me that they were concerned about giving at particular levels uh, because they worry about having their having to disclose that information on an organization's schedule b they don't want to be listed on the major donors they don't want to be kept on some government list yeah. uh for an extended period of time and so while while certainly you know we were you know we i believe we've had a number of the donors come back who were concerned about uh the irs targeting that occurred during the audit um you know this is an ongoing problem all right well my time is short but the buckeye institute do interesting work and some good work over time and you find out more online at BuckeyeInstitute.org. That's easy enough to do. And we'll keep tabs on where this goes. Mr. Alt, maybe talk to you on the uh, on the back end when the, the judge has something to say on this. But Robert Alt, head of the oh, president and CEO of Buckeye Institute, I thank you for your time and getting up early and all that. And uh, we will talk to you again down the road. My pleasure. Great to talk with you. Thanks so much. All right, have a good day. It's 819 right now. 819, we should check traffic. And so we shall. Okay, let's do it. All the fog went away, didn't it? Well, not quite yet. Right. But it's certainly not the reason why I, ha why I have accidents at the moment. Okay. From the UC Health Traffic Center, UC Health Weight Loss Center offers long-term weight loss solutions that transform lives. To learn more, call 513-939-2263. That's 939-2263. There's a wreck on southbound 71 above Red Bank. The left lane has been blocked for a while now, and that traffic is backing up past Pfeiffer, close to a 20 to 25-minute delay from 275 on westbound 275 you're often on the brakes between Ward's Corner and Montgomery with an accident on Lovela Madeira at Remington Road northbound 75 that's improving that's getting better between Buttermilk and downtown southbound 75 slows for an extra seven through the Lachlan split Chuck Ingram News Radio 700 WLW I forecast it's going to be an overcast day which means we might 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 see a peak of sun here and there this afternoon and we'll get up to 58 for a high. Overnight tonight, it's cloudy and 40. Then the rain comes back tomorrow. It's with us for a good chunk of the day. Uh, cooler tomorrow, too. The high's 48. And then Friday, 
Considerable cloudiness, occasional rain back up to 53. But for now, Saturday and Sunday look to be dry. And the temp is 52. Been there all morning long. 52 degrees, 700 WLW. Hey, kids, it's time for another story from Uncle Willie's Big Book of Great Americans. Today, Miller Reese Hutchinson, the man who changed the way we drive. In the early days of the car, the automobile, drivers would use bells and whistles to let pedestrians know to get out of his way. In 1908, Miller Reese Hutchinson changed all of that when he invented the car horn. So the next time some jerk hole cuts you off in traffic and you blast your car horn at them, thank Mr. Hutchinson, a great American with a big mouth like me. You can be a great American, too. Listen to Bill Cunningham today at 12 noon on 700 WLW. This report is sponsored by the BMW Store, where passion loves company. There are over 350 BMW centers, but there's only one BMW Store. Visit the BMW Store, conveniently located 10 minutes north of downtown. Do, 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 do. Times 823 700 WLW. Uh, what little things are going on? Well, we have Democrats, of course, controlling the Senate at this stage. Republicans don't have much of a say. Of course, you do in the House, but not in the Senate. Is there anyone in particular we could thank for three losses in Georgia in about a year's time? Huh. It's not me. It's got to be somebody. Who's who's backing these candidates? Who's showing up for rallies and only talking about himself and saying that, you know, elections are rigged, so don't bother voting? That, that was last year, of course. I can't think of his name. Anyway. It'll come to me. And uh, yesterday, this and Willie was having this discussion about Deion Sanders taking this job, University of Colorado, and that people like I guess some of the um, ESPN hosts and whatnot were taking him to task for it. And I think for the most part, black hosts taking him to task for it. He's making three hundred thousand dollars at Jackson State. He's going to make five million a year at the University of Colorado. And I'd imagine, I mean, no matter what endeavor, what line of work you're in, you want to know how well you can do at the next level. He's got every right to take any job he wants to. But the most people chastising him. Now, I've made this point before. We have a lot of problems with young black men in this country, a lot of them. Um, and if you're a successful black man, responsible black man, it's like some people think you have to be a, a part-time social worker in your life just because what well, well, you, you owe it to everybody else. It's great when people involve themselves and try to improve the lives of others around them. That's it's admirable. Um, probably go to heaven over the whole thing. But there's nothing that says you have to. And he did a lot of good for these kids at Jackson State. Uh, he certainly put them on a map and improve things while he was there. But you have the opportunity to go somewhere else and take a job. I uh, wrote this one piece that upward mobility is not just exclusive to white coaches. Um, no. Move up. You take the job. He was 27-5 and five coaching at Jackson State. 12-0 uh, record this year. And two consecutive Southwestern Athletic Conference titles. Well, now it's time to go see what else you can accomplish. And I don't understand, unless you're one of those who thinks you should be a part-time social worker just because you're born black. No. He's done a lot of good already. Time is 826 right now. 826, and uh, we got Bengal stuff ahead. 
Time for Uday Today. Brought to you in part by R&L Carriers on 700 WLW, the home of the best Bengals coverage. In just a few weeks, DraftKings Sportsbook will be live in Ohio. Right now, money. getting the latest business news makes me smile really wide. This is the Bloomberg Market Minute on 700 WLW. All right there, Mr. Ballinger. You got uh, some news here involving GE Aviation. What do we know? Yeah, GE Aerospace just announcing a minutes ago that it will invest $14 million to expand its Service Technology Acceleration Center, or STAC, in Springdale. The center is going to add about 50 salary jobs over the next two years. GE will be developing new technology that can be used by aviation service shops around the world. Good deal. All right, now holiday tipping. Some say that uh, it is rebounding. Yeah, the number of people who plan to tip service providers is higher this year than last. That according to Bankrate.com, though some folks will be giving smaller tips than they did a year ago. As for how much to tip, Bankrate's Ted Rossman says a holiday gratuity equal to the cost of one service is appropriate for a housekeeper or a hairstylist who has helped you all year. $20 is about right for school teachers, mail carriers, and trash collectors. Isn't that nice? All right, not just the elderly who are targeted by scammers, is it? No, it's not. Uh, college students and other young adults can fall victim to criminals who operate online. The Wall Street Journal says young adults tend to trust information that they receive via text, email, or social media. That makes them easy prey. There are scams related to loan forgiveness, credit cards, jobs, housing, goods, and services. Holy moly. <laughs> and uh, overall home loan demand down. Yeah, though there was a slight easing of mortgage interest rates that prompted some homeowners to refinance their loans. So refis were up 4.7%, but uh, requests for new mortgages were down 3%. All right, what are Microsoft and Nintendo teaming up on? Under a new 10-year uh, deal, the Xbox game from Microsoft, Call of Duty, is going to be available on Nintendo's gaming platforms. Microsoft says there is one uh, caveat. This agreement uh, depends on the software giant completing its planned acquisition of Activision Blizzard. Aha. All right, so futures are... Still lower right across the board. S&P futures down 13 points. NASDAQ futures are down 67, not as bad as they were a half hour ago. Dow futures down 51. From Bloomberg, I'm Jeff Bellinger on News Radio 700 WLW. Ding, 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 ding. So they believe holiday tipping is going to be on the upswing. That begs the question, if everybody tipped, who would do the best in tips? In other words, who seems to have a lot of customers? If everybody tipped, let's say for the holidays, tipped you 20 bucks. Now, I would think, uh, you know, a mailman, letter carrier, call them what you will, would probably do pretty well because you're hitting a number of houses on a day. But I would think trash collection, you do even better because you're hitting a different group of houses each day of the week. Maybe not as many total houses per day as a mailman. I don't know. But I would think... You'd make too much money. I mean, <laughs> everybody want that job. If everybody on your route as a trash collector tipped 20 bucks for the holidays, that would have to be in the, certainly it's thousands of dollars, maybe more than that. I don't know how many houses you hit in a day, but, and some people work six days a week and pick up that many extra. That'd work out pretty well. Um... 
Somebody used to tip me five bucks every year, but that ended some years back. It'd be nice if that started up again. It really would. All right, it is 841. And as far as things going on, uh, well, first of all, on the lighter side, apparently we had one study already that showed we were the seventh best city to live in in America. And it was a compilation of all the other studies that have been done. And it showed that in the end, when you put them all together from rent prices to the cost of a pizza and more, uh, we're the seventh best city to live in. The new one says we rank in the top 15 for the most fun cities in America. The most fun. Uh, we come in 22nd in festivals per capita, 23rd in restaurants, 1st in playgrounds, 14th in bar accessibility, 35th in parkland, and I thought we had more parkland than most cities. 23rd in fitness centers, 60th in dance clubs, 41st in number of attractions, and 18th in average beer price which brings us in at number 17 of the most fun cities in America. Fun city number one, what would you guess? Probably yes, Las Vegas. Then Orlando, Miami, Atlanta, New Orleans, San Francisco, Austin, Honolulu, New York, and Chicago round out the top 10. We are number 11, just behind Chicago and just ahead of Tampa, Florida. What you do with all this information, I have no idea, but now you know, at least you're fully informed and you have to feel good about that. So on the uh, number of homes you might stop, you might get on your route as a trash collector. Gary believes he has that answer. Hello, Gary. How you doing? Morning, Mike. Uh, I used to drive for Mount Orb Cab, but um, give that up as wearing our vehicles out. But um, I live right there in Mount Orb, and we got a flyer the other day that uh, the bad thing is on this is uh, Rumpke is going to try to do away with the uh, extra person in the vehicle, and uh, especially during the holidays, and they're going to go ahead and use these automatics to where they want you to put your trash container uh, facing toward the road, and then that way they don't the driver will not have to get out whatsoever. It'll pick it up, dump it, put it back down in the in the driveway, and move right on down his road. But usually in the summertime when it's real hot, I put some ice out there, and I know about what time they get there, 4, 4.30, and put some pop and a couple, maybe a bag of chips, and I usually give them 20 to $30 every year because they do a great job. Well, that's good to know. It's good to know you do that. I wonder how many other people do something like that if it's, when it's as hot out as it is. the one When they come to yeah. my house, Rumpke only has one person. There's no second person on the truck. The one person drives it, gets out, dumps it, puts it back, gets back in the truck, and moves on. Yep. They, uh, there, there was a couple situations there, but usually that happens usually it's toward the holidays, Christmas, when all the wrappings and all that's out on the road and you've got yeah. uh, excessive. I've, I use two containers at my home, but uh, I just thought I'd put it in. I haven't got to talk to you for three or four months, well, but uh, listen to you every morning. And uh, I appreciate that, Gary. You always were and you always will be. Thanks. Have a good day. You bet. See you later. See you later. Now, years ago, years ago, well, maybe I had some things I wanted to pick up that were more than they officially allowed. I might occasionally work a little tip out there. It might be in the form of a 12-pack of beer with a post-it note on top that just says, thank you. And maybe it was, you know, more carpet than they're supposed to take in one day if you just took some carpet up. Maybe one time it was ceiling tiles, only a certain number they're supposed to take in a day. And uh, the 12-pack came in. 
came in kind of handy. Years ago, I don't want to reflect on anybody driving for that fine company today who wouldn't do something like that. They're going to adhere to the rules. This was back in the day when people could be bought. And it was funny. One time I was looking, and I had put out a 12-pack of, like, Coors Light or something, a little thank-you post-it note because I had extra stuff I wanted them to take. And I, I looked, and this car was stopping typically one house behind them. And I figured it's probably somebody from the company monitoring what they're doing. And, and these guys, I think they they knew this car had been following them the whole time. And I thought, what is he going to do with that beer I left out there? And he picked it up in a way with some other things that you couldn't see it. And he actually put it in the back by the trash, then dumped other trash on top of it and didn't, you know, run the old the compactor or whatever. Then at some point was able to slide it over to a little door on the side of the truck. And uh, he got it, even though he was under the watchful eye of a supervisor. It was well done. All right, time is 846 right now. Chuck ought to have some traffic. Ought to have some fog going on out there, some traffic and stuff. So where is it the worst? Who's going to be late for work coming down 71? Is Chuck not ready? No, Chuck's right here with there you. He okay. Yeah, I was just camping out. What happened, man? <laughs> I do not know. It was somewhere outside of my studio. So there are accidents on southbound 71. Is that accurate? A couple of them. Yeah. One really? is just below 275. That one was in the center lane. They've got it over to the shoulder now. The other is blocking the left lane. That's at Red Bank. And I'm seeing brake lights between the two close to an extra 30 minutes on southbound 71. You're from, kidding. So, no. Dave might be late for work. Well, he might be, but we could also go to the windows and wave at everybody that's sitting outside. Oh, if only I had one. Oh, shoot. That'd be nice. I forgot. So I, if, we're, if we're waving to people, those accidents are northbound. Uh, no, those are southbound. Southbound, okay. Yeah, southbound. Northbound's doing just fine into Kenwood. Running a bit slow before Red Bank because people want to slow down and take a look at the wreck on the opposite side of the highway. Well, how's it going to my house? <laughs> <laughs> That's you, personalized you traffic report. You won't believe this, but it's due to clear out, say, in about 13 minutes. Oh, that should be just fine then. Yes. Not bad at all. <laughs> All right, where else, where else? From the UC Health Traffic Center, UC Health Weight Loss Center offers long-term weight loss solutions that transforms lives. To learn more, call 513-939-2263. That's 939-2263. Westbound on the Reagan Highway. Another accident. That's at 75. And slowing traffic just a bit. Southbound 75 continues heavy out of Evendale through the Lachlan split. That's good for an extra 10 minutes. Chuck Ingram, News Radio 700 WLW. All right, overcast day, which means we could conceivably see a few peaks of sun this afternoon. And we'll top out at 58. I'll call it 60 because it sounds good. Overnight, cloudy, low as 40. Tomorrow, lots of clouds, occasional rain in the afternoon. 48 on Thursday, then ahead to Friday. Considerable cloudiness and showers in the afternoon again, a high of 53. The good news is for now, uh, the weekend does look dry. And the temp is... 52, hadn't budged. 700 WLW. Fact. COVID restrictions caused our children to fall behind in their learning. Fact. Our prisons are full of qualified teachers. Cell block schooling helps solve both problems. Sometimes things don't seem quite right. Cell block schooling. 
Creating stars while behind bars. And that's when you need a little Scott Sloan common sense. Look, I'm about the real stuff. Get the problems and the issues that actually affect you. But I also make sure we have a little fun along the way. Check out Sloney this morning at 9 on 700 WLW. And be sure to catch his podcast on the iHeartRadio app. This report is sponsored by FanDuel. America's number one sportsbook. FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, has all your favorite bets from the money line to the point spreads to players' props. Plus, get your money paid fast. This foot's about five away from nine o'clock. Sloan is in top of the hour. Scotty Johnson's going to join him. Uh, talking about uh, the ugliest building in town and when will it be torn down? I don't know which, it's, it's like a tease. I don't know which he's calling the ugliest building. I'd go with the Terrace Hilton myself, which is going to be rehabbed. So maybe they've got something else in mind, and they'll cover that about 9.06. We'll all find out together. So I'm looking at this story. I'm thinking maybe we're going to have a lot more talk radio stations around. As Congress is now looking to, they may pass a law that would force stations that play music to pay the artist uh, for their work. Uh, radio stations for years have paid the songwriter for the music they play, but not the artist for the music they play. And I guess they figure there's some bipartisan support for this. So uh, a strange facet of intellectual property rights in the U.S. has traditionally allowed terrestrial AM-FM radio stations to play music recorded by anyone without paying them, which caused performing artists a huge amount of potential revenue. And they're saying that might change as they're looking into it. A new bill called the American Music Fairness Act is making its way through Congress this month. It would ensure that larger, profitable AM-FM radio stations compensate the artists when they play the music while exempting smaller nonprofit and college radio stations from it. And in an exceptionally rare moment in Washington these days, there appears to be bipartisan support for the bill. be interesting to see where that goes. And, you know, over time, the way it, the way it kind of morphed into what it is, how that, how, how that came to be standard practice, was that record companies saw getting radio stations, and it's true, getting radio stations to play a particular artist or song was the way to get people to go buy the music. Of course, that's changing now. I'm not sure where people hear most of their new music. You know, right now, if I was 18 years old listening to what's new, would I be listening to what my friends put me on to? Would I be listening to Kiss 107? I don't know what I'd be listening to because I'm not 18 years old. But the way it used to work was certainly you got a top 40 station to add your song and you start selling a lot of them. That's where the money came. Basically, if you look at it from the other perspective, if you're trying to sell your music and you get a radio station to play it, you're getting a free commercial. That's kind of the dividing line. I mean, it's, it's like a you scratch my back, I scratch yours. You put out a song. It is four minutes long. This radio station is going to play your four-minute long song, which would encourage other people to buy it. Whether they download it or you've got you know, an album package out there on vinyl or CD or whatever it is. Basically, it's, it works sort of as a, an implied commercial, an unpaid commercial. But that's going to change now. Now, it doesn't say how much you would get per play. But with the advent of satellite radio and different streaming services, they do pay the artist 
for the music. You're going to pay the songwriter and you're going to pay the artist. It's it's like AM and FM were kind of grandfathered into this. And um, it's interesting. I mean, we, this station, WLW, used to pay more to play music than anybody else in the city. And we really didn't play any music. We did some country music overnight. But there's this really low um, standard that you have to meet as far as number of minutes a day that you play music. And if you go beyond that, then you pay the royalties based on the billing of your station. So even if we didn't play music 90% of the day, we played it, paid it off enough to have to pay just like anybody else. And based on your revenue, of which we have the highest, um, WLW, a talk station, paid more in music revenues than any other radio station in Cincinnati. It, it, it was nuts. And kind of a reason to get away from playing country music overnight. Um, but anyway, back to this. It's I, I can see both sides of this argument. Um, I don't think that you know Sirius XM breaks new music. I mean, they're playing established artists all the time. I think if anybody is breaking new music and essentially giving them that free commercial by playing them, it's probably going to be FM. I don't know how many... AM stations play music at all anymore. It's mostly an FM thing. Um, unless they figure some way to lasso us into the into the loop. We'll see. But anyway, there. Something finally bipartisan is happening in Washington that could end up costing this company a bunch of money. I'm sure we're officially opposed. Anyways, come on at 9 o'clock, and uh, I'm going to run. You have Sloney in the wings. Talking to Scotty Johnson here to kick things off, and I will uh, join you bright and early tomorrow morning. About 5.06, 5.07. You be here, too. 9 o'clock, news time, news radio, 700 WLW. News, traffic, and weather. News radio, 700 WLW. Cincinnati. Picking up one more seat in the Senate with the 9 o'clock report. I'm Brian Combs. Breaking down, Democrats have added to their advantage in one chamber of commerce for the next session. They've won the runoff race in Georgia. Means the next session, Democrats will control 51 seats, Republicans 49. This now caps off a string of disappointing midterm losses for the Republican Party. Herschel Walker now joining a long list of candidates that were backed by former President Donald Trump that lost this election. As for Democrats, Democrats, they say this now proves that Georgia, a state that was once considered reliably red, is now in play. While Democrats control the center, UC Health Weight Loss Center offers long-term weight loss solutions that transform lives. To learn more, call 513-939-2263. That's 939-2263. Southbound 71 continues to be a slow go, but the accident just below 275 is now clear. The second wreck at Red Bank is now over on the left shoulder, so that delay time starting to drop a bit through Blue Ash and Kenwood. Crews are working with a wreck on westbound Reagan Highway just before you get to 75. That's backing traffic towards Ridge. Southbound 75 slows out of Evendale through the Lachlan split. And there's a new wreck inbound 74. This is near Coleraine, now backing traffic past Montana. Chuck Ingram, News Radio 700 WLW. Now, the latest forecast from the Advanced Industry Weather Center. Ever wonder what visiting the dentist without fear would feel like? Learn about the advanced industry difference at nofeardentist.com. 
Overcast today, just a slight chance for rain. High 58. Cloudy tonight, low 40. Lots of clouds tomorrow with occasional rain at a high of 48. It is 51 degrees right now. Don't drink the water in Lower Price Hill, the West End, Camp Washington, parts of Fairmount. Several Cincinnati neighborhoods under a boil advisory today after a water main break. Bottled water is being brought into the schools in the area. Sewer bills could be going up in the new year. MSD has submitted a budget to Hamilton County that calls for spending much more money. And that should mean raising rates on customers, though the sewer department hasn't said yet just how big of a rate hike is needed to support their budget. County commissioners are frustrated. When you submit a budget, if there's a projected rate increase, it should be included in the budget. And so the rate increase is like an elephant in the room. Nobody wants to talk about it. But we have to talk about it uh, because it impacts our our residents and our taxpayers. Public hearings on that budget plan for next week. Two teenagers dead after a crash in Clinton County. Victims were in a car that went off the road on Ohio 73 in Chester Township last night. Driver tried to regain control, got back on the road, but ended up headed the wrong direction and hit a car coming the other way. 18-year-old Rosalinda Mendoza was killed along with a passenger in the vehicle, 15-year-old Presley Goldie. Flags all across the tri-state flying at half-staff today lowered to remember this date in U.S. history, the day Japanese Bomb Pearl Harbor, December 7th, 1941. 101-year-old Lou Connor is one of the two sailors still alive who were on board the Arizona the day it was attacked. December 7th is a very big day in the 2,403 military men that were killed that day should get the recognition above everybody. They gave their life and they gave the all. Memorial Parade planned tonight in Hawaii, and a local high school band will be taking part. Ryle High School's band and color guard from Union invited to be part of the ceremony. They haven't even started flying out of the Cincinnati Nola, Kentucky International Airport yet, but Breeze Airwaves is already expanding its service from CVG. They announced that they're going to be adding uh, flights from Cincinnati nonstop to Orange County, California, as well as Providence, Rhode Island. Uh, these are going to kick in uh, at the end of March. Some of the one-way fares are starting at one one oh nine to Orange County and fifty nine dollars to Providence. That's our aviation export, Jay Ratliff. Last month, Breeze announced service to San Francisco and Charleston. We're living in one of the most fun cities in America. Cincinnati ranked eleventh out of the one hundred and eighty two cities that were studied in a new Wallet Hub report. The rankings are based on things like the number of festivals, restaurants, and playgrounds. Cincinnati actually finished number one in the country for the most park playgrounds per capita. Even though the Reds lost 100 games for just the second time in history, they will not be drafting first in 2023. Baseball's gone to a lottery like the NBA to discourage teams from tanking to get the top pick. And after the draw last night, the Reds selected to pick seventh overall. Pittsburgh won the lottery. They'll draft first. Man who tied the AL home run record last year staying in New York. The Yankees have signed Aaron Judge to a nine-year $360 million contract. Judge and the Yankees come to Cincinnati next May for a weekend series against the Reds. Bengals quarterback Joe Burrow, the AFC Offensive Player of the Week. Burrow completed 80% of his passes in leading the Bengals over the Chiefs Sunday at Paycor Stadium. Next updates at 9.30. I'm Brian Combs, News Radio 700 WLW. This report is sponsored by Ohio Association of County Behavioral Health Authorities. Sometimes life can be overwhelming. Crisis text line can help. If you're struggling and feel like you can't talk to anyone about it, text for hope to 741 741- 1741 free confidential support crisis text line text for hope to 741741 now Hey, this is Lincoln Kennedy. Here's what's trending on the iHeart Sports Network. Presented by Merrill, a Bank of America company. The Bengals try and end a five-game head-to-head slide against the Browns when they meet on Sunday. Meanwhile, Cincinnati native and Bengals defensive end 
Sam Hubbard named the Bengals NFL Man of the Year nominee for his work in the community. No luck for the Reds. Baseball Hubbard's first ever draft lottery. The Pirates won the top pick in the draft. Reds will pick seventh. NBA last night. Cavs beat the Lakers and LeBron James returned to Cleveland. I'm Matt McCoy. With Merrill, the bull always has your back. Learn more at ml.com slash bullish. Investing involves risk. Merrill Lynch, Pierce, Fenner, and Smith Incorporated, registered broker-dealer, registered investment advisor, member SIPC. Rocky Boyman here.